He just strikes me as like if Paul Ryan was a giant talking Jolly Rancher that had like a, a glove. This movie is not without faults. The fault in our stones. <laughs> These are like fucking tertiary characters. I want fucking names on the board. I want people's feelings to get hurt when they walk out of this fucking theater. Since we're talking about box office and such, hmm? that stupid bullshit picture yeah. of the passing of the baton of the lightsaber. Why don't you just have a picture of Mickey Mouse jacking himself off? Yeah, and here's the thing. Good job, me! (laughs) Wow! That's an all-timer. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we discuss the new MCU film, which is Infinity War. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there again, everybody, and welcome in to episode 151 of Film Tank. I am Alex Diekman, along with my two usual co-hosts, Nick Cheney and Toussaint Egan. Thank you. Uh, Nick Cheney also here. No, not here. Okay. So, this is going to be a great episode. (laughs) Oh, man. Because I've got one person who does not like superhero films, another who used to like superhero films but is now jaded about them, and then there's me who still loves them. So it's going to be a, we're going to have a conversation here. We are not, I promise that we will not have a conversation as long as the movie this time. Yeah, that was a special case about Batman v Superman. Yeah. That was a long episode. There were battle lines drawn. I don't think there's going to be much of a battle here. Well, I don't know. We'll see. So anyways, uh, Avengers Infinity War, this is where a lot of the MCU has been leading ever (sighs) since the very beginning. Oh, yeah. With the Infinity Stones and Thanos, who makes his huge entrance, because he's a large person, uh, into the MCU after having some sprinkles here and there throughout the last seven movies. We've been building up to this point since 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that, that was an Avengers came out. Yeah. So. That's basically the film yeah. is Thanos wanting to get the infinity stones mm-hmm. and the Avengers and the other superheroes trying to stop him. Yep. So the film stars. Oh boy. Robert Downey Jr. Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle, Benedict Cumberbatch, Tom Holland, Chadwick Boseman, Zoe Saldana, Karen Gillan, Tom Hiddleston, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, Idris Elba, Dinai Gurria, Peter Dinklage, Benedict Wong, Pom Kimotev, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Gwyneth Paltrow, Benicio Del Toro, Josh Brolin, Chris Pratt, William Hurt, Letitia Wright, 
and Stanley. Alex, <laughs> how did you get access to my birthday party guest list? <laughs> I thought you were going to read the cast list. <laughs> wow. Okay, and I will be silent for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> you hope this episode only goes for an hour. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't think it will need to go much longer than that. No. So I'll start, because yes. I <laughs> love please. superhero movies, and this movie's for me, yeah. and this is right in my wheelhouse, and whatever. Um, I very much enjoyed this. Yeah. I thought yeah. this was a very well-put-together superhero film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie is not without faults, so it will never be in my... The fault in our stones. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. That's pretty good. Oh, you gotta see a doctor. <laughs> Uh, this will never be in my top three Marvel films. Maybe never top five. Um, but that being said, I thought this was a perfectly acceptable superhero film uh, that had highs and lows. Um, I really just liked the film. I liked the story. I liked the characters. I liked the idea of, of comedy being introduced into these Avengers films, which... Sort of started in Age of Ultron, but like went halfway. Mm-hmm. And now that like Guardians and Thor Ragnarok, everyone's into that. They're like, all right, fuck it. It's Let's amazing. It's fun. It's amazing how much or how little I remember of Age of Ultron and how well this series works without that. Yeah. <laughs> like it it, that movie feels like, and I'm not even like bashing it. I'm just saying as far as like continuity wise and. Even even Ulysses Claw was yeah. eradicated. Yeah, in another I mean, movie. Yeah, it. but yeah. no, that, that entire film, with the exception of Vision, has pretty much been forgotten. Yeah. So Vision and Scarlet, and Scarlet Witch. Witch. Yeah. And that's all that really came out of it. Like there's the whole Ulysses Claw thing, like his appearance that feels like such a, a red herring. Like, it, it's never really referred back I to. I don't it. think they knew what they were going to do. Yeah. No. And they, even, they just knew that they were going to be gesturing towards Wakanda or whatever. And, that's, yeah. that's... and even Scarlet Witch as a character, I only remember and actually recognize as a character because of Civil War, not mm-hmm. because yeah. of anything that happened in Ultron. Yeah, I mean, the Vision was really the biggest thing to come out of Age of Ultron, and yeah. that was really it. Yeah. Uh, Alex, because you like this film, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, how did you feel that the humor from Guardians of the Galaxy sort of played off in this? I think for me, here's the thing, because a big complaint of a lot of people in Thor Ragnarok was that it felt like it was taking from Guardians and not being its own thing. I made that complaint as someone who likes the Guardian movies, Mm -hmm. but I felt like it was reaching a critical mass point of just being too much. Marvel had one gear, and then after Guardians, they had two gears. Um, I think it, for the most part, worked for me here Mm -hmm. because a lot of the humor revolves around the Guardians characters, Mm -hmm. so it seems more authentic in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're in the film, and a lot of the jokes are either at their expense or created by them, so for the most part, that works. Um, A lot of the other humor that's here is stuff that I was looking forward to that I think would have been about the same without the Guardians. Uh, a lot of the banter back and forth early on between Tony Stark and Doctor Strange I thought was gold. Yeah. Um, we would have seen that without the Guardians coming in if they were both in this. 
Yeah. So as a preview of what I may or may not think about this movie, I said to Alex after we saw this together mm-hmm. that for me at least the humor I would say ninety percent worked. There were a few things that fell on its face for me, but for the most part, almost all of the humorous exchanges worked for me because it was grounded in character for me at least, in a way where it was always at the expense of the fact that we, the audience, know these characters in and out, but these characters do not always know each yep. other. Right, yeah. Uh, They're just learning out. each other. And that, in and of itself, is a funny situation, mm. punctuated by extremely talented actors, in my opinion, like, over-talented actors. But, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I still am not into this universe's Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. See, what's weird about Peter Parker in this is that I hated Spider-Man the movie, but I like when he's in everybody else's movie. Like, I like him as a sidekick and as this carry-on baggage of sorts. In fact, I think he's responsible for one of the only moments that actually made me feel something Mm -hmm. in this movie. I Um, agree with that, but But even humor, like, I very much need him to be sided with a Tony Stark uh, otherwise, I'm just not interested, and not like he was in his own movie, where I thought that Tony Stark was just thrown in there. Um, but yeah, I don't know why. Like usually, I, I'm I'm always on the other side of the fence here, but I really enjoy every time Peter Parker shows up. Yeah, in, I, in someone else's. Movie. I, I like, like how they play off against one another. I think that's something that something has that has been added to this character, for Spider-Man's character, from his for his inclusion in this, because I like the idea of a older, more experienced superhero being somewhat of a surrogate father figure or mentor to well, him. And it's two people who couldn't be more opposite, as far as Peter Parker is too earnest of a person. He's very to, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. To very look much up to somebody like Stark, who is very jaded and, the dead opposite. Yeah. Um, but for me, at least, uh, this... However I think about this movie, this movie does have, in my opinion, probably a top ten line of the entire MCU with Peter Parker. And I know it's in the trailer, but with him and uh, Doctor Strange when he's, oh, we're using our fake names. Which is just one of those perfect lines that actually makes sense in-universe. So I don't know if it's my favorite scene of the film, but it's in contention. Uh and that's the scene where the scene that you're referring to when uh, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and Tony Stark are kind of playing off each other. Um, and uh, I just got to tell you, I, I like loved it uh, in the actual Doctor Strange movie. But boy, I'm way more interested in his cape than his character. Really? Yeah, he gets upstage by his cape <laughs> in some ways. Yeah, I mean, because. To me, the great thing about it is it wasn't overdone here. Like it was, yeah, really that's just true. Because I kind of forgot that it was even. Yeah, up, but it was I really know. just one scene. But the personality that comes by a cape, um, I thought was just hilarious to me, and I loved it. That cape is pretty much the carpet from Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I gotta say, really yeah, go quick, ahead. Doctor Strange, uh, someone who thought that movie was shit. And who thought that his appearance in Thor Ragnarok was below shit? <laughs> um, holy shit, was he like actually a decent character in this movie? Because he was like, actually Doctor Strange who wasn't just becoming this character. Yeah, and I... he kind of showed how this f- series could move on without a Tony Stark if it needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, and Or can it? Or can it? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. It, they're not committing to that. Can I? All but, right. Can... Sorry. You know you guys didn't give me your initial thoughts, but can we just jump into that since that's Into what? Do you want to just talk about the finale and what you felt about it? Yeah. Let's just do it. I mean, because that's kind of the elephant in the room. Yeah. 
Uh, um, uh, for all of the bouquets I'm going to throw at this film, I thought the ending was stupid. Yeah. So we're just so let's give an illustration. We're talking like the grand finale yes. of the whatever you want to call yes. that disappearing mm-hmm. of the. I felt people. nothing. Yeah. Um, I agree. I, I thought some of the individual moments, like the Spider-Man, even though I didn't like his character, uh, I, I I agree. But that was the only one that got me. Oh no! Because I, I got I got some feels with Groot. I, that was good. Too. That was that was because it was very short and yeah. very potent. I thought. Yeah. Uh, Groot didn't get me as much because we already went through yeah. the Rocket and Groot in the very first mm-hmm. Guardians. So I was already kind of, that was too... I was wondering what the fuck Groot was going to do, but I was like, okay, now here's Groot's part where he comes and helps yeah. them make the axe and shit I mean, like that, that was one of the better ones in this movie, for sure. Yeah. But Peter Parker's was the only one that made me go, oh, wow, this means something. Like, this isn't yeah. just a... And I'm not saying... Then the moment I walked out of the theater, I was still feeling it. Right. But it, at least in watching it, I was like, you know, there's going to be an Aunt May without a Peter Parker. And, this, and like that made me at least think about that. Well, right? but here's the problem, though. Yeah. Oh, there's that, problems. Is that just like at the end of Batman vs. Superman, we've come full circle here for the most part. Back to DC, unfortunately. Oh, boy. Um, You know what? It just doesn't matter. That's exactly what I thought of, actually. Was this what should it be an iconic... Uh, montage essentially reminded me of dirt rumbling mm-hmm. on Superman's coffin, which is like, wow, this could be a powerful image if I thought that this image meant anything right. and, at and, all. And here's here's where Marvel really missed the mark, is that I feel like actually having the same event happen with different characters would have made me believe it a little more. Mm-hmm. But the fact that um, they took away their characters of the future and left the characters of the, of the past, pretty yeah, much. Of the original. You know, what, which, which, which is fine. Like, thematically, that makes sense on paper. But... Right. But if, you're, if you are going for get me to believe that these people are all actually dead, uh, and first of all, I know that's bullshit because you know if that was actually the case, they would have rewritten it to bring yeah. Black Panther not dying. Well, not so, to mention, <sighs> that image in and of itself to essentially erase the phase twos and threes of the Marvel universe is, I'm not saying it's an offensive because it's not, but it's interestingly problematic because of the fact that if you look at the phase one of this universe, you have Iron Man, which did arrive fully formed and that's it. You had a Thor movie that basically kind of failed. You had a Hulk movie that actually literally failed and didn't, you know, go, get off the ground. And none of the others even got their own movie uh, besides Captain, Captain America, America, which was actually, I think, is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like such a wonky. Most people are talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe these days because of Black Panther, because of Guardians of the Galaxy, and because which doesn't of, mean that they shouldn't be killed off. And because of ancillary characters that people really gravitate yeah. towards like Loki. Exactly. So, yeah. And uh, so the idea well, that uh that they are the ones that are going to disappear um I mean yeah, we can we all admit I think all three of us that the stakes are just whatever. Like, yeah. We know they're going to be back. Yeah. But the fact that they're going to be gone for however brief is almost like Marvel not realizing what made this property special as an event. Yeah. Um for me, at least. It, it, yeah, it's... If, if it would have been Captain America and the Hulk, yeah. I may have bought into it. Yeah. If it was just something that was... Here's the thing. 
it's supposed to be random, right? I mean, isn't Thanos talking throughout the entire movie that there, there's a randomness to his yeah. method? He's yeah. like, uh... Like, they get killed, they don't. But it's not a 1% versus 99%. It's this balance to the... Well, it's not a balance if you're literally drawing a line in the sand when Marvel Phase 2 rolled out and <laughs> Phase 3. And even if thematically... Well, it's, it's, he, just, he just strikes me as, like, if Paul Ryan was a giant talking Jolly Rancher that had, like, a, a glove that no, could he's kill, way more sympathetic that, that could than kill Paul old Ryan. people. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's just... Here's the other thing I'll say about the ending, and I kind of said this to you, Alex, which is that if you're going to do this as far as, you know, the people that disappear, disappear. If you're going to go that far with this, which I think is it could be bold if you did it the right way, and I don't think they did. Yeah. But here's the thing. I would have been completely on board with an actual feeling of what this feels like, even for a minute. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you have another movie to do, but if you did a... Uh, like a reset button where when this happens, we are then thrown into a scene in which we have to actually gather our bearings and face the reality of mm-hmm. the fact that these people don't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, instead but- of watching them sequentially disappear yeah. for a good four minutes. Uh, Although what you're describing is more is more like the beginning of the series of leftovers. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it would have been uncomfortable. It would have been depressing. It would have been everything that I think Marvel thought that they were selling. But it was indicative of what they would care more about, which is giving each character its due, which in turn doesn't actually give any character its due. Yeah. I um I just man I just um I thought. I thought a lot of the events surrounding the finale were really good. And yep. I just thought a lot of the movie was good. But the, the actual finale itself, I just couldn't. I just thought it was stupid. This is uh, the second time in a row. If you guys have ever talked to me about film and whatnot, you know that I am a sucker for quantum-like uh, development, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. Even when they suck, like the Cloverfield Paradox, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yep. Like I'll watch that start to finish just to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, but this is the second time in the row. The first being the Doctor Strange movie where they do the time loop, where I thought that was the most just pathetic use of, in my opinion, uh, a fun concept. Dormammu! Yeah, and just turning it into a punchline instead of trying yeah. to do something creative with it. Dormammu this... also isn't a character in the film until the very end. So yeah. That's yeah. Something. yeah. But this is another thing where it, it ends on the idea that an alternate reality becomes the reality, which to me should be something that like should make me go like, oh my god, maybe I like a superhero movie. But there's nothing about the visualization of how it plays out that lends the gravitas to that idea. I, um, Alex, were you wrapped up with your initial thoughts or anything? Yeah, the... Uh, I've pretty much said I've got a lot of specific things that I want to get into uh, about this film yeah. that, that we'll get into a, a bit. Um, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very well done film. Yep. Um, and and I've got more thoughts on Thanos, but we'll I, circle back to those. I, Before I, you pass yeah. it off to Tucson, I just want to yep. ask you a question. Okay. As a person who's been watching all 18, 19 of these movies, mm-hmm. did you think that this was a good Build up, not build up. Uh, did you think that this was a good culmination, so to speak? Like, was this kind of at least in the ballpark of what you were waiting for? Um, I hope, I'm not asking that with like a right answer. I'm just like genuinely yeah. curious. 
I think it's hard because this is really part one of a two-part yeah. film, so it's hard to really no, get no, a no. That's ball bullshit. They got rid of part one yeah, from the I, title. Yeah, they, no. They, they, yeah, that's fine. Oh, um, I think this is close to the best they could have done. Okay. In my opinion. Which I think is high praise since you yeah. like these movies. I, I do. Yeah. Um, the idea of them saying, we're going to throw these 50 characters in one film and it's going to be a disaster and you're going to love it. Um, <laughs> the audacity of that is just, you have to admire it. I, 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 what, I really, what I really appreciate about this film is something I appreciated about Civil War uh, as well, but this is an even larger scale. Mm-hmm. Um, this film, even though it could have done it better probably uh found a way to include all of these characters and really never make it feel like uh it was super choppy like i think the pacing could have been better but the idea of the inclusion of all these different characters and them moving in and out of different storylines um that's that's just in in a superhero film that's 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 I, I don't I, I don't know how it turned out as well, well as, as it, it did. did. Yeah. I will say since you're Marvel's biggest advocate on this podcast, mm-hmm. um, just to illustrate for the listeners how I think how well this movie succeeds from your point of view, as someone who stalks you and everybody else on Letterbox, mm-hmm. um, I've noticed a certain trend of recent Marvel movies where you've given them a slightly skeptical rating, which not a a negative rating, but mm-hmm. one where you, and then like the next time you watch it, you always raise it because you see more things in it mm-hmm. and whatnot. Whereas this was the first time in a long time that a Marvel movie seemed to have gotten you right from the start, mm-hmm. which I think is a great indication of what it was able to do for longtime fans. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, this was, I think some that I didn't even really get to mention. And, and I guess I don't know how much more detail. I'll, this is some of the best action I've ever seen in a superhero film. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the idea of the high-speed camera has been pretty much taken away, which is great because that was killing a lot of their action sequences in yeah. previous films. Um, I just thought we had, from start to finish, and really this is like a through-and-through action film. Like, there is a lot of action happening in many scenes here, and it um, it just uh, goes really well i think this is just a really well put together superhero film for me that has some faults in there as well so i've taken up my time and hand the baton off to tucson thank you very much thank you very much um i'm not gonna go long about my own history with this extended movie universe i've been on enough episodes of this talking about films that you know you can sort of get a gesture that i for the most part enjoy these films i have some things that i gross about them Mm -hmm. but um, I mean, this entire character arc has been set up since 2012 with the like the end credit scene for Avengers, right? And I just want to want to talk a little bit about my initial impressions of Avengers, and then jump to to Infinity War. When I saw Avengers way back in 2012, I loved it, and looking back on it, like from recurrent things, I still really enjoy it because. Mm-hmm. I had never witnessed anything like that before where sure. they took all these characters from these other distinct properties that still coexist within the same universe and actually brought them together in sort of a cohesive team in a somewhat meaningful epic yeah film. yeah and and, and, and it wasn't I, like a uh even though it's amazing right a, a 1960s 70s Batman which is just like here's all these characters yeah like it it, it felt oh, um 
That's a great movie, by the way. It, it, it felt like it felt like an accomplishment in and of itself, whether you like that film or not, just to see that such a thing could be done capably if yep. if, if if constructed well enough. With Infinity War, I feel like that's just this, but bigger. And so the impact of seeing all these characters work together while impressive, it does not hit me with the same impact as it did for for Avengers. I've already seen that this formula can work a team up a team up can work in this way is just like this is just a much larger galaxy spanning sort of like team up from all these different corners i I guess i will disagree a little bit with the idea of this being a team up film because i feel like the avengers was that's true there's no battle of new york sequence where well there's no everybody lends their power to one singular Mission. I guess, but it's just uh, you know what I'm, I'm no, saying I, with that. I, it's like it, they're, they're saving that for the second. It's an ensemble <laughs> sort of like collection of, of superheroes yeah, no, and stuff like that. I hear you. This um, this villain Thanos has been built up for the past six years as being like the big bad because yeah, but they've, in, in, they've in, done in, it very poorly. But in previous. Um, in previous Marvel films, we've had this thing like the the Marvel villain problem, where these villains exist for like one installment in there, and they're gone, and they're utterly unremarkable, except for maybe Loki, who, for whatever reason, they decided to keep him on for all of these films. And you know, Just like to in, kill in, him in, off. In no, in 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 retrospect. Oh, I, by the way, he's actually dead, right? He's not coming back. Yes, he's actually dead, or whatever. Uh, but he, <laughs> he should have. He should have. He was framed to die at the end of Dark World, and they decided to rewrite that. And you know what? I'm. As much as I'm reticent towards the fact of keeping a character longer than they should be, it's like I've actually enjoyed Loki's presence in in Thor Ragnarok. And if he would not be there had it not been for this saving of him at the end of, of Dark World. So I can't really grouse about the that very, too much. The very ending scene of Thor the Dark World, which I, I, I'm probably the highest out of anybody in the state of Illinois on Thor the Dark World. Yeah, um, probably. We took a survey. Yeah, but... Um, Thor what? <laughs> that that final scene with... Uh, with him on the throne and... Well, with Thor talking to Odin mm-hmm. and Odin basically telling him he should go pursue his dreams and leave Asgard and then transforming into Loki. Uh, that's, a, that's a great walk-off moment. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a... Uh, and so tying that back all together is like these unremarkable villains that nobody really gives a shit about. And then, except for Red Skull, he's back. What is he? I was, I was going to talk about that. Um, but we'll get to that. Let, let me, yeah, let me get back to Thanos. So Thanos is built up to being the big bad. You sound like the movie. Let he, me get back to Thanos. He's he's the one that we're supposed to be afraid of, and I I I, I was led to believe that there were going to be stakes, that there were going to be some type of high cost, and I almost believed it, you know, because I think I would like to see. I would like to see these superheroes, as, as sadistic as it sounds, I want to see these superheroes in pain. I want to see them grow out of pain. I want them – I want something bad because, because you know what? It pisses me off that, that Rhodes' war machine got shot down in Civil War and that he didn't die. And that's, that's not just because I don't like that character. It's because I feel like that would have been a, a meaningful – like there's no going back from this schism – between Captain America and Iron Man, and that would force them to actually have to confront an inherent tension between one another if they were to have have, have met up again in 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 Infinity War. That would have been a cause for them to really just have a huge wedge between them. And I would have liked to see like some type of 
some type of drama like erupting out of that. But nope, you just gave him robot legs and he's back and he's like, there's no nothing, that, no, nothing, well, nothing lasts, nothing that, lasts in this shit. It doesn't. And that, and and for. Thanos to come here and he's got the Infinity Stones. He's supposed to be able to like kill all these other characters. All I see him do, even though he kills like Gamora, even though he kills like Loki and stuff, these are like fucking tertiary characters. I want fucking names on the board. I want people's feelings to get hurt when they walk out of this fucking theater. I want people to clutch their chest and be like, "How could you do that which, to Black Panther?" Which, I want fucking pain. Which, which but they did that with the uh, final sequence. Fuck what, that sequence. That's what Marvel would say is that yeah. they they saved all that for the end. Yeah. Well, that's bullshit. Yeah, like they went above and beyond. That's absolute no. bullshit because when I see them drifting off into space dust back to their home planet or wherever the fuck they went, here, I don't believe any here, of that. Yeah, look, look, Alex, really quick, I just want to throw this out there. Okay. At some point in this podcast, take us back to Gamora's death because okay. I have thoughts about that separate okay. from yes. Can, um I will say this. I feel like there's a real shot. Um, this is going to be a really interesting poll yeah. of having a, a one of the amazing moments from the film Prometheus happen in the next Avengers Where they films. put somebody's head in a Boeing bag? No, bag? that wasn't what I was going to oh. go with. Um, where, head. Yeah, where the superheroes get brought back, and in the first moment that that happens, Thanos like just rips apart one of them that comes back. I'd like that to happen. I think that would be fantastic. It's not get going it to, to Iron Man. That would be great because that's what he does in the comics. Yep. No, because I mean, he won't do it. But I'm just saying. Uh, and I know that they've teased all kinds of different people are going to kill Thanos, but actually. <laughs> They made it seem like Iron Man's going to be Thanos's undoing. I just, so. I, I, I don't, I don't yeah. appreciate that ending for a lot of reasons because I feel like it just skirts around the idea of actually having like lasting consequences yeah. Yeah. for people to actually have to bear with. And yeah. this is, it, 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 it's just like what happened in Civil War, only it's on a larger scale, and it fucking pisses me off. At least that's my, that's my takeaway from well, it. Well, Civil War at least had people upset with each other, which I'm sorry is way more emotional. Than something that seems like it can be undone by science. I think that now the, I, I, and I, this I, movie kind of ignores what happens in Civil War. I, I, yes, in I, my I was going to say they literally wipe away the guy from the Sokovia Accords. They basically <laughs> acknowledge that Civil War happened, but like, oh no, but we'll team up. For so the there's greater good. so there's really no consequence to any of this, and and it it it, uh, it pisses me off not only because it it replicates that writ large like the ending. Yeah. For that, with the case of like Rhodes, like not deaf in Civil War, but right. also because it's explained away in the film itself, just just winking to the audience through anybody who anybody who honestly believes who who got sad, who got really really sad at the ending. I just I can't I can't under I can't understand that because you know that Doctor Strange you you fucking pay attention to him right where he fucking hates Tony Stark and he's like he goes from an arc of saying. I am willing to let you and oh, Spider yeah. Boy die in or order himself, to, in order in order to save this stone, and then goes into like some fucking like 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 yeah. uh, like star trance where he's talking about fourteen million like universes and only one possibility, and then decides to surrender the stone conveniently in order to save Tony Stark's Which? life, and that's because. The payoff for this whole thing, I don't know how it's going to happen, but we know that for whatever reason, Tony Stark is is his existence, his 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 life 
is important for right. this to eventually yeah. like pay off to yeah. Some, yeah. some other end. Like that's that's what it what it what it's what's telegraphing I mean, that, to the that, audience. That, and I mean, if it's anything but that, it seems weird. But since it is that, actually, to me, that feels like lazy writing. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that's just circling back to what you think will play well, no matter what. Hey, don't worry. This isn't this isn't gonna last. This isn't gonna last, guys. It's okay. I get that, but um, it's also... I, I think a lot of people don't get it because I've seen a lot of people, friends on Facebook, people on Twitter's reaction, and unless they're all fucking with me, uh, and I don't think they are, <laughs> there are people who are like, "Oh my god, I just walked out of Infinity War. My mind is blown. I oh, can't yeah. believe it." I'm like, "What? What?" Yeah, there's. There, <laughs> I mean, I I won't begrudge someone if they have whatever relationship with the original comics and you know whatnot but uh certainly it's <laughs> marvel's whole blueprint is wait till the next movie I so feel like i'm i feel like i'm taking fucking crazy peels here pills here when i when, crazy when, peels yeah when i when i fucking hear people say yeah. stuff like that because it's it's what film are you watching what fucking film are you watching yeah what films are you watching like you know this isn't this doesn't fucking matter well, and even i feel like it's tough because like we see lots of movies, so I feel like it's a little, it's a little bit. And there's people who watch nothing the, but Marvel films. I was going to say a yeah. lot of the people who react like that, and I might even say this in a pejorative way. Or Star Wars, but this is their mainframe of reference for movies. You know, yeah. Here's the other thing: it's some bullshit. <laughs> the same fucking people who hated Star Wars love this. Yeah. And God damn it, what? Can <sighs> I just really quickly that. say that? Oh, I mean, well, Sony... the idea that people are getting upset because Star Wars, uh, The Last Jedi, challenged audiences, but they're going to love this because it, quote-unquote, made them feel things. In yeah. reality, though, it's all fake. It's all fake feelings. Yeah. Feeling. Yeah, so, no, for And sure. actually, Last Jedi was a lot more authentic than this one. I rewatched it uh, for the first time it was on home video, mm-hmm. and I... Once again, was reminded why even if I don't love Star Wars, that that's a really good movie. Yep. Yeah. 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 Nick, I think it's it's your turn to, yeah. to give your initial thoughts. I okay. Um, I won't go too crazy, but I will say this: I'm not a Marvel guy. I'm not a superhero guy. So I'm just going to spoil my rating right now and say I'm at two and a half out of five. Okay. Like that is because of the fact that I was surprised in watching this that. The thing, the, the phrase that kept going and blinking in my head, a la Dirk Diggler in Booking Nights, was, wow, this works. Like, and I know that sounds like it's like faint praise, but even someone like me who thinks that these movies are not great and thinks that these are a, a stain on uh, cinema as a whole, and I'm only slightly joking, uh, this this came, and you know what? I watched it, and from scene to scene, I enjoyed what I watched, even if I had f- criticisms of a lot of it. But overall, I was kind of surprised that this ridiculous, uh, I don't know, re- gargantuan project actually kind of made sense. Like it should. Like, it's amazing that I think so many Marvel movies are worse than this, and yet this is the one that's the most overstuffed and the yeah. most uh, uh, kind of I wouldn't say problematic, but the most uh, messy and whatnot. But the I'm sure it was very strategic. 
Yeah. But Marvel sidelined some very major characters in this film. Like, Captain America is not a real character in this movie. Like, that trailer showing you it's the... It's all of his scenes. Get, get this man a shield. Like, yeah. You think that like, there's... No, like, that's actually his scene. Yeah. <laughs> is, is Black Panther saying, get this man a shield? And that's, like, Black Panther's only scene, too. I was actually kind of yeah. happy about that. Yeah, me too. Not because I don't but, like yeah. Black Panther, but mm-hmm. because Black Panther was the last movie I saw, I was really dreading the idea that there might have been, like, too much Black Panther. Mm-hmm. But actually, I thought it was perfect. Uh, I love the fact that Wakanda was the battlefield for this, which is the idea that... For me, at least, I thought, even if it wasn't intentional, but thematically that this movie is moving, or this movie, this series is moving forward thematically and that these battles are going to be taking place in much more, uh, hopefully, inclusive Mm -hmm. locales and in a much more personalized location. Um, So even if I have a lot of problems, which I'll probably get into after I say all this, um, I thought the humor mostly worked. I laughed at a lot of the jokes. Let her go, Grimace. (laughs) You you love that Drax line. That Drax line was one of my favorite things I've ever heard. Which one? Which where um, everyone is saying... um, This is not a dude. No. No, they were talking about Gamora. I'll do you... No, what is it? No, Um, okay, it's one of them... Who is Gamora? Yeah. When Evan he goes, I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> yeah. And like that is like perfect yeah. absurdism, yeah. like inserted inside a battle. What sequence. what master do you serve? What am I supposed to say, Jesus? Yeah, <laughs> that was I, great. Yeah, uh, Captain yeah. America's line when he says when he's talking to Groot and he says, "I am Steve Rogers." I am Steve Rogers. That was, that great. was great. Oh, and then uh, Tony Stark's shockingly had one of my favorite lines in the movie uh, when Hulk can't get it up, and he Come turns on, to him and goes, "Come on." You're embarrassing me in front of the magical wizards. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. No, I thought the humor was actually pitch perfect, and that's someone who complained about Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, and, okay, I really quickly want to pick a bone really quick. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of people say that the Guardian and Peter Quill especially acted out of character. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I um, – like, you can be mad at his character for making decisions, but uh, – did, I think it's did very you much not, in line with his own – Did you not see the first two movies, which – like I can't believe I have to be the one to say something like that right. to the people who are self-professed Marvel diehards who say you need to watch all seventeen movies to understand the nuances of this movie. He launched anyway. himself into fucking space and gave his like helmet to Gamora and left himself to yes. sort of like asphyxiate in the vacuum of space. And the moment he in doesn't which... make good decisions. His, no, he's, he's he's not making decisions with his brain. From he's making decisions he was, with his dick. Like. It, well, not even that, but from the moment he was like nine, ten years old, his entire universe, which is A, his mother, and his literal universe, was taken away from him at will. So, of course, he's always been an impulsive person. So I, I just really quickly wanted to put that on the record that, in my opinion, yeah. uh, when he starts shooting uh, Thanos, which ruins their big plan mm-hmm. – of course that was going to happen. Like, why do people think that because Thanos says that he killed Gamora, that this is the same guy who shot his father? Like, literally, it's actually the exact same action. Thanos says his mission, and then he just starts shooting. So... Mm -hmm. The idea, I, I, I'm just, like, literally flabbergasted. I, I loved the inclusion of 
Peter Quill and Thor trying to one-up each other about how shitty they've had okay, it. Okay, that was great. Oh, man. First of all, <laughs> that was one of the few times Mar- Marvel has pandered where I was actually like, okay, I'm here because I love that they took the Chris versus Chris. Like, if they were <laughs> all they were missing was uh, Captain America in that scene, but when they just had to kind of do their dueling uh, voices and machismo, I actually thought that was fantastic. And the, and the idea that... I guess I hadn't given it much thought, but I'm like, yeah, Peter Quill, all his his parents are dead, and now yeah. his girlfriend's dead. I was going to and... say, he's literally, every time he gets attached to something, it gets taken away by some other unnatural force. Literally, we find out that his mom didn't die of cancer. His mom died because his father put the tumor in her, yeah. so he has been literally in the shadow of villains. He, like, he, he has to kill his father to save yeah. the universe, and then so it, Thanos just, kills his his, his love interest. Love. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Who also, by the way, isn't she isn't actually his daughter? That yeah, it's was, his stepdaughter. Yeah. I didn't quite get that, but I don't... like That felt yeah. like comic booky. where like then I was just going to get nitpicky. Um, Speaking of getting nitpicky, yeah. uh, I really do appreciate that Nebula was left uh, alive at the end, as she is a pivotal part of the actual Infinity Gauntlet comic series. Yeah. So, no, I I have a lot of thoughts about the Guardians' inclusion in this movie, which is a essential. I mean, like not like it shouldn't be included, uh, but B, we'll get into it when we talk about Gamora's death. I'll wrap up my thoughts by saying that I thought the humor was pretty much excellent throughout, and maybe that's a bad thing because. This is Infinity War, so maybe they should have spent a little more time on the drama uh, of this project because this, this movie most of that fell flat. It's just moving from one breathless set piece to the next. Um, I did not enjoy the whole Peter Dinklage uh, Forge scene just because I think he's. <clears throat> can I say something it's about fucking, the, It's fucking ridiculous. Can I yeah. say something about the Peter Dinklage scene? Yeah, please. And I can say this because I'm a short person. Okay. It, are we, as an audience, as someone who knows pop culture, mm-hmm. are we supposed to think anything else other than that's funny because he's a dwarf in real life? I'm, like, I'm sorry, but like it was, yeah, it was, it was very it felt kind of uncomfortable in the way that it was like, oh look, Peter Dinklage, you know, you know him from the bastard dwarf in Game of Thrones. No matter what role he plays, it is always drawn somewhere obliquely towards his height. Yeah. Whether it's 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 him being the bastard dwarf in right. Game of Thrones or, or, role, or which... him being like this exaggerated dwarf, quote quote. Don't think well, it, yeah. that does even his best role like in the station agent. Yeah. Uh where I would say for the most part his height gets sidelined after the first twenty minutes, but the prologue is about how he can't take the world's <laughs> treatment of him because I of his height. I feel like it's almost never mentioned in Days of Future Past. That was one no. of the very few films. Actually, I was about to job. say, we've seen this in a comic book movie where we can hire him just to be a person. person. And here, not only do we not do that, but I, I don't know. There was just something uncomfortable the, about the, the idea. The, the that, worst part of it to because me... Because it felt like a reveal. Like, we mm. see Peter Dinklage, and it's not until the cutaway that we see the scale of Peter Dinklage, which felt like, wink, wink, wink. Yeah. Uh, We're I, Marvel. We can do whatever we want. Actually, it's true. Um, I actually feel I that... just mimed me yes. throwing dollar bills yeah, to strippers. Yeah, that's fine. He's, he's, that, he's, say that. Perfect. Out dollar bills, Thank you yeah. for explaining that for our, yeah. our very... Very large audience. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, uh, Donald. 
as, as large as the cast for Infinity War. Sure. Almost the same size of the Baron. Go to bed. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going through the entire Trump family. Yeah, I, please stop. Um, oh, Eric. <laughs> I really like that scene other than the Peter Dinklage thing. Yeah. No, like, I don't mind him in it. No, but but I, but yeah. I love the idea of Thor needing to create a new weapon and yeah. the whole schematics of that. But I thought... That just made the whole thing so awkward. Yeah. I um, First of all, something that should be fun about a project like this is to see the pairings that you just don't get in any of the other movie. And for me, the ultimate was the trio of Thor, Groot, and Rocket, which I never thought would be like an actual great trio, but I would watch a whole movie of the three of them. Um a, because of their casual interplay, like how Thor can speak Groot's language, which I thought was hilarious, because they didn't play it up as humor, which only made it funnier. Yeah, it was an elective yeah. uh, in Asgard. Um, and, and B, because of actually the kind of clever way they brought back the two things that I think me and Alex were in the same boat, where we did not want to see Thor get his eye or his hammer back so easily, and yet... I'm sorry, but at least for the eye especially, but I also love the hammer thing too. Mm-hmm. But the uh, you have two movies of a character stealing human body parts, so the fact that he would have a glass eye is one of the most brilliant uh I will eggs. say that was a missed opportunity in the finale, which would have been really odd, but would have been perfect um, because he does have the line... Uh, previously when he says that he wants to take the Winter Soldier's arm, and then when Bucky disappears but his arm stays there on the ground. Just... Oh, if he just would have, like, slowly walked up I and mean, we could still it. find out that he took it, but, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you, though, that um, that would have been great. Um, that, that was, by the way, uh, and I didn't participate because I, I just don't do that, yeah. but um, when Thor arrives there uh, with the hammer... Uh, that was the like soul cheer moment of this film, uh, but for me, that, that was the only time where I thought the movie, as someone who's not a comic book reader, mm-hmm. lived up to the idea of a comic book event, mm-hmm. where I was like, "Whoa, something I just couldn't possibly contextualize before it happened is happening in front of my very own eyes, and I don't have time to process it." So therefore, I think this is great. You know? Well, yeah. and, and and that ending with the Avengers theme song, and then you have this basically unwinnable battle with thousands of these monsters who are basically the same creatures from the Avengers, right? They're his legion that was there for the most part. Yeah. I mean, um, when you have that, the, yeah. they are in this unwinnable battle and he just raises his new hammer, gets the lightning and then smashes the ground and all these things just pretty much evaporate. Um, man, that was just one of the moments where I was like, fuck yeah. Woo! I want to say one Marvel. thing. Yeah. You win. <laughs> I will say that um, nothing really surprised me or took me back about this film. But the one thing that did uh, take me back that I wish I was in the theater with you guys was um, Voromir, the uh, the reveal of Red Skull. Because I know <laughs> that because I know that Red Skull has been one of those characters that uh, Alex has been 
championing for a return to since just then. to give you a preview of what it was like. Yes, please. As someone who doesn't, I, I need to know. Give a shit about any of this. Yeah, I need to know. So I'm sitting in the theater, yeah. and we're in the nice, comfy leather recliners, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So this movie's happening, mm-hmm. so to speak. It's happening in front of you. And so far, like nothing. <laughs> <It's> usually, <hooked. laughs> but so far, nothing crazy had happened yet because uh, we haven't gotten to like a grand finale or whatever. Um, but. But the audience is extremely receptive, whatnot. So we get to that scene in which who's visiting him? Thanos? No. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's right Thanos before the Gamora, Gamora scene. Right? Yeah. yeah. So we get to that scene where he they're talking to a hooded figure or whatever. The ghost of Christmas future. Yeah. Yes. And I'm literally watching it going, okay, clearly that's going to be somebody that we should know. But A, I don't know who it is just based off the voice. And I doubt I'll know who it is even when they turn the mm-hmm. hood off, whatever. And so it just so happens that he puts the hood down, and I see out of the left corner of my left eye, which is right now currently in the wrong prescription contact because I broke my glasses and I do not have updated Mm. prescriptions for my contacts. But I just see this blob next to me like start convulsing in a very celebratory way. And I'm like, that must be Red Skull. (laughs) And it it was actually, that was one of my favorite moments of the entire movie because of that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I will say I am a little bummed that it wasn't Hugo Weaving playing him. Yeah, I know. At least it but didn't sink in during the movie. That's true. Because you were very excited. Um, yeah, and I am just a little bummed about it because uh, that is actually one of the things about the film that I actually think Marvel hit a huge home run on because the ambiguity of Red Skull's disappearance at the end of the first Avenger has always, to me, been somewhat guffawing because yeah. Marvel usually does not... But he's in the Avengers? No, no the first Avenger. He's in oh, the he's Captain he's America. Yeah, he's in Captain America. Um, yeah. His, his shoot-up, like Thor's... Uh, whatever that's called. The Bifrost. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, is, is very... Like, it could spark plenty of conspiracy theories or theories or whatever you want to call about. Like Hugo Weaving was signed on for multiple films, but they're not going to force Hugo Weaving to come back. Yeah, and he's, he's very he's, much he's, not interested. He's, he's done, yeah. 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 Uh, however, I will say, um, I don't really know what Marvel could have done to close that loop much better than that. Yeah. Um, even if... I feel like it would have been a lot more fun if the Red Skull would have participated. Mm. I mean, the idea of of him coming back with Thanos uh, and like Thanos having that big fight with Captain America and then Captain America being like, oh, for fuck's sake, when Red Skull shows up would have been fantastic. But yeah. the inclusion of his character for me uh, feels like it just closes the loop that Marvel, which even though they they don't, do a real whole lot of hard cliffhanger-y type of things for how much ridiculous silliness that happens throughout it that has them leaving all these things open. They don't leave a lot of open-ended characters uh, from film to film. So They just the, kill them off. They kill them off or they just become part of the team or whatever. Yeah. Um, so the idea that they finally brought him back and like seven years later, like... Yeah. Um, the idea that they didn't just throw him in in one of the earlier films and used him for a very specific and actually worthwhile purpose yeah. uh, that was thematically relevant, uh, I thought was Thank wonderful. God it just wasn't another fucking random person. Like, That's the thing. In my opinion, the Thanos 
children, whatever the hell they were. Yeah. Uh, all right, before we get to that, I want to end my general thoughts by saying one thing, which is actually I disagree with one criticism lobbied against this film, which is actually I thought the pacing was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, one thing I was literally doing when this movie started was seeing how long each scene left. And I don't mean that literally as far as, like, That'll checking. Walking down your phone. I guess I don't mean the the sense literally. I mean it the way everybody uses that word, which is, means figuratively. Um, but I was surprised by how many scenes did have time to breathe before we cut through. Like, we kept going through long stretches of a certain character before we flash to the other character that was currently having their storyline. So for me, even if it's a mess story-wise, uh, I thought we were able to live in enough moments to make it worthwhile. Like even the, um, which I still don't think was great, but even the Vision Scarlet Witch uh introduction, so to speak, where the the rain in Scotland and whatnot, like I thought that was at least the bare minimum that they could have done, which I feel like they wouldn't have done five years ago. Like, they would have just yeah. gone through it. Yeah, well, Vision, at least, Vision it was a pretty important part of this film. Yeah, so. but at least they recognize that, not yeah. just because he has the stone in his head, but because he kind of makes this whole thing work in a, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I personally did not mind was the scene-to-scene uh, pacing. Now, I think the pacing of the movie in a larger context is kind of a problem. And actually, if I guess we'll open up general thoughts, one thing I hated was the opening scene. Uh, I thought, not necessarily because of everything that happened in that scene, but it's insane how I've seen Thor Ragnarok, and yet I felt like when we opened that scene, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, And not in a scary way, but in a, like, how are we 18 movies in and we are still jumping forward to get to the point, so to speak. Um, yeah, you, could, you couldn't have the Battle of Thanos like clearing all the people we just saw in the last film? Yeah, or yeah. take up where the last film literally ends with Thor talking to his ship, and, and, and not Black Panther, but Thor talking to his ship and saying, you know, Asgard is wherever the people are. Yeah. And no it's more. Like, whatever. Not anymore, bitch. It's like, there's a way to... Like well, cynically open up your film with like a oh but that message whatever the film but the, the, to this be is fair, in media res when the res never existed in the first place to be fair the very ending of Thor Ragnarok is Thanos's ship showing up right. so yeah. Is it? yeah like literally the last shot is just like Boop. so I mean I, I'm pretty much with you because the sad jump- thing is I saw that when November yeah it wasn't that long ago I know but, and I'm not like the stupidest person on the planet mm-hmm. so the fact that I couldn't even remember that last shot mm-hmm. to connect that just tells me that there's still something wrong with this connected tissue no, I mean yeah. the, we, we go we breeze past to, to your point we breeze yeah. past the battle of the ship or whatever because all of these characters that we just got introduced to are now gone right I mean, can we ever actually, if we always talk about connective tissue, and we always talk about serialization, but can we ever actually show how these things connect? Not just say it, but like actually, people call this a TV series. No, a TV series does not just jump forward just to the next season. Yeah. It actually usually takes up when the last dramatic moment happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh- I thought the first It was scene, just so awkward for me. I for thought, the first five minutes, I was trying to figure out why we started in this moment. Yeah. And um, then I was like, oh, Loki died. That's why. Yeah. I 
I thought the first scene was, to me, a good introduction to Thanos's character for this film's purposes. I mean, the idea of him squashing Thor's head and then killing Heimdall, which is Idris Elba's character, because I'm sure you would have forgotten that because he's... I only know that because I remember that Idris Elba died in this movie. Yeah, the so. same encounter um, happens countless times, only in with different participants, and it always is centered around Thanos, where it is a character who is being prompted by Thanos, give me this blank stone or I will kill blank. And that that goes for for that goes for the opening scene with Thor. That goes for the scene with uh, Gamora and Star Lord. That mm. goes for the scene. No, that goes with the scene. Mm, he already for, has the stone. <sighs> you know what I'm stone saying? Stone with love. Yeah. That goes for the scene with uh, with. Him and Tony Stark and Doctor well, Strange. There, there is the scene when he literally kills somebody to get the stone, which we'll, we should just get to because Nick wants to talk about that Yeah, let's scene. talk about that. Um, by the way, I don't think Gamora's coming back either. I think she actually is. No, the, everybody who dies on screen before the little snap where they all like I agree. turn into um, to fucking I agree. Miracle Whip. But, uh, but I have uh, strong you, feelings about that uh, yeah. uh, outside uh, for, for, of this movie. First of all, uh, I will say... Um, the emotional crux of that was completely. Yeah, missed. I didn't buy into that. I thought it was stupid. I agree. <laughs> I it sounds weird, but I almost would believe it if it was Nebula. Yeah. Like someone mm-hmm. who was trying to fight him the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I'm not saying that they that Gamora never talked about Thanos, and that's what I find so bizarre about that whole scene because it's like, oh, compared to most Marvel properties, they actually did set this up at least in some way, and yet when it came to, it was still extremely bizarre in its execution mm-hmm. because Gamora is saying what we all think, which is that oh, but you can't kill me because you don't love me, and then he proves her wrong by doing it, which only proved that he loved. Well, her, which I was like, we've already the, we've already singled, signaled in the past uh, via Nebula that Gomorrah was his favorite, which I get, and it would have been really interesting had it been Nebula. It's like because that would have been sort of like a whole right. role reverse, but that, but that would have been interesting. Well, not to mention this movie was hoping that you would take those flashbacks that were introduced in this film at face value. Yeah, like as long as you believe in those, then you'll believe in the final moment when that happens. Right. Well, but the- here's the other thing with Gamora's death. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe I'm biased because I like the Guardians movies, but. That though that property cannot become a sausage fest, and as someone who loves yeah. the Guardians movies, with their faults, I like obviously I'm all for stakes, but I'm also all for um, <laughs> smart decisions. I don't think that that this death should benefit. Infinity War at the expense yes, of Guardians that's of the, the Galaxy. big thing. Because yeah. it didn't work for me yeah. in this movie, so therefore it'll just make me more mad when we're missing, in my opinion, a crucial element. Oh, no, nah, man. It'll all work out. It'll yeah. just get with Captain Marvel. It'll be fine. But yeah, but no, I did anybody hear when he like, pushed her off and was like trying to prove that he loved her? Did anyone buy into that no. as like a something that was sufficiently built up? No. no. Everybody keeps on talking about like, oh man, Thanos is such a great villain. He's like got so much dimensionality to him. I'm just like, and I'm not saying this because I heard him compared to Killmonger. Here's what I'm gonna gonna talk about that. Here's what I'm gonna talk about that. I am not gonna be stumping for Killmonger simply because he was in Black Panther and I love Black Panther. No. I think that 
Killmonger is more fucking interesting, not only because he has a, a ideology or, or a, a reason behind what he's doing, but because of his actual connection to not just the the main character of that that film, just just by like a couple of degrees of separation, but to the entire concept of that film, which is this country that has isolated itself and is pretty much by by dint of their own isolationism has created in like inadvertently the very monster that is that is a reflection of them that is going to destroy them from the inside out. Killmonger is, for me at least, uncomfortable to watch because he is reacting to a place like Wakanda in a very similar way the audience is, which is like, wait, if they have that, why aren't they using that? And it's like so much that we agree with him, but we're like, oh shit, we are one degree away from agreeing with him. Like that's that's relatable for somebody who is watching the film for the first time that is sort of reacting to the idea of this... This fantastical, like, isolationist country that exists relative to, like, respective, like, impoverishment. The first time you see Black Panther, you're like a killmonger. Every other time after, you're like T'Challa, which is like – I wouldn't wouldn't say that I'm like T'Challa. I'm like – But I'm just – no, I don't mean you. I meant like the audience member as far as like you have this impulsive reaction of like, but yeah, wait, why aren't you – and yet, the more you actually have time to think about something like that, you can see the dangers of the long-standing effects. The more that I see people stumping for Killmonger, hypothetically, in, in sort of like this this tit for tat um, argument, yeah. the more I think of Lupita Nyong'o's character, who I cannot remember. I can't remember her name because she was the one who came up with the fucking idea that they ended up going with at the end of the film, at the fucking beginning of the film. It's like. Black Panther got his ass kicked across all of creation within an inch of his life, and then he woke up and he was like, I have a great idea, all on my own. I was like, motherfucker, you got that from your girlfriend. No, he got it from the fruit. Fuck that fruit. Anyway, continue. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking so, about Infinity War. So, um, <laughs> I will say this about Thanos, uh, and this is not a new thing that's been introduced, but uh, not necessarily the whole like mass genocide thing, but um, I... Thanos was right? I do... A- you know, I, if somebody's um, gonna say Thanos was right, like, 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 seriously, I'm just like, you're the kind of guy that walks out of the perch and be like, yeah, I can see how that no, works. No, no, not that Thanos was right. Well, <laughs> yeah. but um, the idea of of him creating logic behind his creating logic behind his reasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, a no one's buying it uh, in the film. But I think the idea is that it should play more for the audience to understand Thanos more because he's been a, such a horribly developed character. Um, and, I mean, overcrowding in the world is something that is not talked about nearly enough yeah. uh, in in real yeah. culture. Yeah. Um, so I find it interesting that it is a main topic in a large superhero film. Yeah. Um, that being said though, um, other than that, like Thanos from scene to scene has cool moments, but he has all the same problems that I assumed his character would have, which is that Marvel has this mega boss who every they're, they're like, Everyone just going to assume he's Bowser. It's fine. Yeah. But no, in reality, he's not. He's just this big purple guy who couldn't even be bothered to go and do the fucking uh, 
do the motion capture for his character, like because he was too busy doing the other Marvel film. Yeah, like that's the that's the thing. Like Thanos' character has been for the most part like, well, that's down the road. We'll worry about that in another movie. It's gonna be and so then, cool. And then they fucking ended up in Infinity Wars, and like, oh shit. We need to we need to have him. Yeah, we need to do something with that. Oh, and fuck. here's what else. we finally decided what shade of purple we want him to be. I will say um, the Dano Ma final scene. I absolutely loved this. Where he's staring off in the sunset. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was great. I thought it was relevant. Uh, I the ending image of him like like half smiling into the I wouldn't sunset. Change that image for anything if the movie preceded it was better like i i don't take umbrage to that scene because i'm with you in that like that could be a powerful final image to this movie my big thing is that i'm mostly disappointed because i was surprised that they had an actual idea for what to do with thanos but it was too little too late Mm -hmm. like if this lip service to his ideology and whatnot had been sprinkled throughout the actual Mm -hmm. mcu Mm -hmm. And I'm talking like it could be the same level of writing. It could be the whatever. But if it had just gone back as far as the Avengers, like they kept saying it was, which it wasn't, mm-hmm. I would actually I would have been all on board for pretty much how he was portrayed in this. But because it took him until the 19th movie to actually be on screen and say why he was doing this, just no. I'm, no, just, I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm just I'm, yep. I'm really just confused reconciling. Like, looking back, reconciling his motivations in Infinity War versus his supposed motivations circa 2012 Avengers. Right. Why the fuck did you – why the fuck – why, right, the, they just why the fuck did you give – did he give Loki the staff? No, he gave, he gave the power of – Loki's staff to one of his children, who then gave it to. It's, then, then they're looking for the. For you're, the you're you're going to go down. They're, a, they're looking for the tesseract, yeah, which turns out to be one of the Infinity Stones. Yeah, so he sent him there to get an Infinity. So he gives stone. them the Mind Stone. I don't. I don't. I don't fucking yeah. know, man. I don't fucking know. Anymore. Don't 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 do this to yourself. This is a fucking. This is this is um, bullshit. I will say this, Captain. Oh, sorry, not Captain. Uh, the Hulk. Captain uh, Hulk. Yes. Uh, the Hulk has been turned into Captain Phasma in this in this series because they are trying to find a way to extinguish him. It's not too bad I, because he's one of their better actors and characters. Yeah, Mark if Ruffalo they would just do is it, good, but he's never I'm, given anything to do, and they seem to have this this like not the Hulk. We don't want to do that. Literally to the point where they have him not be the Hulk for the. And I know it's a like, first Avenger. First story. Avengers, he's too afraid to be the Hulk, and then he finally becomes the Hulk. The second Avengers is him sort of like trying to be in the Hulk, like basically. Huh? I thought in the second he like couldn't like he was. No, he just didn't want to. He just Um, didn't want to be the Hulk anymore. He wanted to just be a normal guy and mm -hmm. like be with Natasha or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he flew away on his in his little space jet. And then he couldn't not be the Hulk. Then he could not be the Hulk. Now 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 he he can't be the Hulk. Which I I guess I appreciate that part of it, but this guy's got performance anxiety. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I mean, it's fucking Hulk. Like, yeah. he's here to be this in your biggest movie, and you're like, this is when you're like, this kind of storyline should happen in a Hulk standalone. I understand, not it, in this kind of setting. It, from what we see of the Hulk in Thor Ragnarok, I can understand why Hulk, respected to what happens to him in this film, why he doesn't come out. Because in Ragnarok, you you see more of of Hulk's personality. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like Bruce Banner's personality. You see, like he's he's almost kind of infantile. He's he's very brash. He's very very uh, um, green. 
No, no, not <laughs> not that. He's like he's, he's oh, no, he is. He yeah, he is. But he's 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 very I'm kidding. He's white. Tucson. He's That's very really racist. proud. Duh. He's very he's he's a very proud, very very braggadocious sort of like character. He's like, oh, you can't fuck with me. He's like, I'm Hulk. It's like I won. It's like I beat you up. But then he finally finally gets his ass whooped properly by somebody within the first couple minutes of of this of this film, and he's just like. He's terrified because he's never had to be faced with that before. Yeah, that's another. He doesn't want to come out because he just he he just he's too proud yeah. to come out. See, that's another problem for me though. Yeah. Like, why is Thanos able to just beat him like that? Because he's the Mad Titan. I don't give a fuck. Oh, because we've been waiting six years for this, buddy. Uh, it hasn't been earned. Nah, it hasn't, hasn't been earned. Doesn't matter, but you waited for it. Yeah, that's okay. what matters. Okay. Um, I will say uh, Thor has easily become one of my favorite characters uh, in this entire series, which is interesting because his first film, I was like, boy, this is pointless. Um, I feel like other than Age of Ultron, which he was sidelined in, uh, I feel like his character, not even Chris Hemsworth's performance, which I think has gotten better too, uh, but that character has gotten progressively better in every film. And it's not just better, because I agree, mm-hmm. but it's also one of the only times in the Marvel Universe, for me at least, where the progression makes sense. Like, I like the idea that Marvel, it, it's the right it's the right arc for a Marvel movie, because if Marvel is trying to be the anti-DC, so to speak, I'm not saying that that's their ultimate agenda, but... A lot of times it does come down to what DC will allow and what Marvel will allow. Uh, But if Marvel is trying for something slightly more utopian and bright and whatnot, I'm just very enamored by the idea of a person who is larger than life, who when faced with so much death and destruction, because his whole family is pretty much dead, Mm -hmm. he just like almost psychotically becomes more cheerful and more because like that's his only way of dealing with it because he already was stoic and whatever and that didn't do shit so now he and it it, it hasn't for me at least crossed the line even if I didn't really like Thor Ragnarok I didn't think that that like ruined his character or anything but I'm all for that progression because I think it's actually a delightful turn of events whereas like the hardening of Steve Rogers, I think, has been mishandled because not because you can't tell that story, but it's so choppy from how we've gotten to anything from e- either movie. Um, the I'll just say it really quick as we mentioned it earlier, but the idea that Civil War basically just didn't happen in this movie is kind of insane to me. Like, obviously, yeah, I mean, Tony it, and him yeah. are on different planets, so it works. <laughs> but that's also kind of like, hmm, thank God they're on different planets. Well, and Tony and I think the bigger thing is Tony and the Winter Soldier aren't together at all because... I think he's more mad at Steve than he is. Like, psychologically, wouldn't he? Because... Steve would protect a man like that. Like, yeah. technically, the Winter no, Soldier I... is not a person he cares about. But the idea, like, you, you, you will always get way more upset at a person you love that, quote unquote, betrays you or stands in the way of something you believe in, than you would just a person who's incidental to you. No, I, 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 I actually think it's, it's both. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not saying he wouldn't have but, a problem with but the I, Winter Soldier. I think it was smart to keep them apart in this film. But it, but it even also before they kept him apart, they had a line in there like, "Oh, he'll accept my call." Like he didn't really care, which yeah, didn't make sense. Well, it was, yeah, it. I feel like it. It had a 
purpose in in this film. Oh, it certainly did. What to keep the plot moving? Yep. No, I, I'm saying Civil War had a had an imprint on this film, in my opinion. Oh, you're so, okay. I thought you meant the uh, anyway. No, no, no. I, um, I, I, fi- I I'm think I'm not saying that nothing is felt from that movie. Okay, but I the the, the Sokovia Accords and that whole thing, which was a huge well, storyline. I, I know, but <laughs> that was such a big part of that entire two hour and thirty minute film, and that is just washed away. Here. I agree. Yep. Um, but I just thought the Steve versus Tony thing could have been a little more, not even handled, but acknowledged. I think, to me, it was smart. Don't worry, we'll see that in the next film. I was going to say. I mean, I hope we will. I think we it's do, a, it's always, you're then, always waiting off in the next film. But here's the thing, though. If we do see that, like when they finally come face to face, then fine. But if it's laughed off as a punchline, I... I don't think it's going to be, because okay. I think... The first half of the next film is going to be very awkward because Which I hope it will be. Half of the world's people are going to be gone. I'm talking and like Noah Baumbach level of awkward mm-hmm. or girls level of no. Because my personal opinion is that Tony showing his taint to Steve and <laughs> saying, is that does this look infected? Steve, wow. Steve Rogers' love interest is going to still be alive, uh, and uh, Pepper that's, Potts is going to be dead. That's a niece of. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And, trying to keep and, it all straight. And, and yeah. I, I just, I, I would love the idea of him, them having this, this weird rivalry in this time when they should be. And I mean, it'll all yeah. get patched up. I mean, I know be, it'll be patched over. Yeah, but I, I expect conflict before yeah, the story. I do, I, I do as well. And I think yeah. that's gonna. Be, I mean, I, I think the first half of, uh, of the next film is going to be in. To, uh, 1985 in Biff World in a in a good way, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 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 we'll see about that. Let's look forward to uh, what's the next movie? Ant Man and the Wasp. That's going to be so weird. Okay, because it actually takes place after yeah. Civil War, and it's not or, really anything. I, once again, I still don't think it's that weird. Now that we've seen the movie, even if I thought it was not great, uh, I just think it's a very questionable I, choice I, I, I to th- follow up. I think Infinity the, to- War the with tone of it, Ant Man, the tone of it is what's going to make it very. Here's odd. the thing: I was going to text both of you in our group chat, uh, but I forgot to. But I'm once again, I'm a dick because I'm very here for that trailer and mm-hmm. the possibility of what Ant Man and Wasp might be. Because mm-hmm. um, I still think that the first Ant Man is not that bad. Of a Boo! Movie. No, but like I, I gave it two and a half out of five stars, so I'm not necessarily going to bat for it. But yeah. I watched it thinking, how is this worse than any anything else? And at least it was Paul Rudd being charming throughout. Yeah. Um, but the trailer of Ant Man and Wasp, like I think they finally maybe have found a good use of that character in the larger world, and I'm I'm very here for. It. I Ant-Man. thought the action in the trailer alone was better than the action. Ant-Man, uh, for me, is sort of like a similar case with you and Spider-Man, where I didn't like him in his own film, but I very much liked his uh, appearance. I, in, I agree that he's better. He's, uh, he's much better outside. in Civil War. Yeah. In that one scene in Civil War, he's yeah. so much better than anything no, in his own film. he's never going to top, here's your shield. Here's Captain your shield, Captain oh, America. No. Like, I, I'm totally there that for that. That line's great, but when um, Hawkeye is going to shoot him, and he's like, you ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready, Arrow guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, that man, and man. also, and not to just keep going on another line, but uh, him inside Tony is saying, "This is your conscience." Like that is like all that is a brilliant use of a. You of haven't a heard character. me in a long time. Growing, growing into a giant, and then just like maniacally laughing, like that's 
That's a great. But the reason why I, again in the Ant Man trailer, which I, I thought was pretty but the reason why yeah. I think Ant Man and Wasp actually could be good is because I feel like it's a good course correction, which is that Ant Man shouldn't exist by himself. He needs to have a person dumbing him down at every pace, you know, so that way we don't get too annoyed by him. So yeah. I, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I I like the idea of of the two characters. I think there's so much more we can do with that yeah. in terms of both the actual. I laugh. People, and then when they're actually fighting as the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Plus, we could always use it. more um, female yeah. superheroes. Now that we're going to kill them off? And then we're Throw gonna, them off a cliff? And then we're going to have uh, then we're I, gonna have Captain Marvel, and I don't know anything about her, so I'm interested to see. Yeah. I'm more interested in that than I am really. So in, in well, I'm more interested in like Captain Marvel because I don't know what's going to happen. Let's and that. talk about that post-credits post scene. Yeah. First of all, one of the best Marvel post-credit scenes in a long time. Yeah. It's not really it felt that like much something. competition. Yeah. Um, also, the Stan Lee moment wasn't that bad. Yeah, I literally during the movie, <laughs> like for whatever, like I barely said a lot. Like I don't really talk during movies. Yeah. But during this movie, with the Stan Lee, I actually made a point to turn to Alex and say. That was actually one of the better ones. <laughs> what? You never seen a spaceship before? I don't know. Not every. every I'm just time sorry, I but he Tony he can be a crazy Stang. bus driver. Yeah. Um, he can be a annoying Manhattan apartment neighbor. You know. He can be a, a, a confused uh, postal service. No, he, no, that was that was that. not that was. No. Not he can't be. He can't be Tony he had Stank. To, quote unquote, <laughs> act for that. Yeah. <laughs> He was, he was in space, like, talking to the Watchers or some shit. So the post-credit yeah. scene yeah. Uh, with all of the people in New York and, and like, helicopters flying into buildings, yeah. which also, by the way, was, I thought, interesting. With the only that. appearance of Nick Fury, which I thought and was Maria kind of Hill. Um, right, well, I figured she was either not going to show up or show yeah. up. But I figured Nick Fury was at least going to show up. And he's in that very minor post-credit scene. Um, the idea that he pages Captain Marvel and she exists in the 90s, which kind of makes sense as far as we don't know how it's going to play out, but it has to do oh, with Marvel, this. Marvel is big time going to get into the time travel game here. And that something like that should excite me because I'm always down for any depiction of that, no matter yeah. how. But I'm also worried because I haven't liked anything they've done in that realm of whether it be the alternate reality, which I'm like, the ending of Infinity War was just poorly handled. Mm-hmm. And I also did not care for the time loop in Doctor Strange. So... You know, three strikes. That'll be the the final time. That, but if they could do something at least decent, like a, even if it's like a frequency type thing, where uh, I'm referencing the Dennis Quaid Jim Caviezel movie, uh, <laughs> but where they just even if it's straightforward, but they're just trying to send messages from one time to another to yeah. influence events. Like that's all you got to do. But commit to it for more than five seconds and actually well, make it matter. The Captain Marvel film is supposed to come out like two months before the next Avengers film. So it may end up working out. And I'm I'm interested because, A, it's supposed to take place in the 90s, which yep. I was a child of the 90s. Yeah. Um, and we all were here. I... Also, like yep. the, the idea of a this female is the story of a girl, <laughs> of a female. Does she look so dead? Really, really love her. She's okay. Okay, we're done. I love the idea. Are you? No. Bum, bum, no, I, bum, it, bum, idea, I don't remember the next slide. Yeah, so the, I the idea of a female having her own film, and I really like Brie Larson. So yeah, she's um, great. Yeah. Once again, Marvel is just punching above their weight class. 
That was not where I thought that sentence was going to go, but I'm very proud of you. <laughs> did you think I was going to say? I really don't want to say. Um, uh, anyway. Um, Punching but, baby puppies? Like what? Nope. I don't want to. I don't want to. Nope. 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 Uh, I'm interested. No? Uh, I think, really? I think Brie, Brie Larson, she's interesting. Um, I've seen her in uh, Community. And I've seen her in some You've other... seen her in Community? Yeah. You, That's you... like saying, oh, I've seen uh, Gore Vidal. He was in Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen Gore Vidal. I haven't seen Gore Vidal in I'm Mary Hartman, saying, Mary Hartman. Like, I've seen Gore Vidal in the, the fucking documentary all, about him and I'm the guy from the National the Review. I just made. But second of all, like, that is just the most bizarre, obscure, not obscure, but just incidental. Incidental. We, we went and yeah. saw her Oscar winning performance. Yeah, we saw Room. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. We literally <laughs> have seen Room. I saw it in her room, yeah. We, and she's been in plenty of other things. Yes. Yeah. And there's going to cool. be at least one other thing you've she's seen. She's cool. That... I'm looking forward to seeing her be a superhero, especially a superhero that I've never known <laughs> Wait about a before. Yeah. I'm looking forward to bringing a superhero back to talking about Infinity War. Yeah. Should we go to final rating? I think so. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you guys go first. I'll, I'll go first. Yeah. Right. Two and a half, because I already said it. I thought th- you should go see this movie. If you're at all interested in this universe, if you're at all interested in superhero movies, this does something that I didn't think it could quite pull off, even if I don't quite think it will. I-, I guess I'm caught between thinking that it works but also thinking that it could have been better and it could have made the most of the good parts that did actually sway me. Uh, so at the end of the day, um, I wouldn't mind rewatching it, but I also know that it would be kind of a slog because part of the fun of rewatching it the first time was not knowing where it was going to go. Um, but overall, I thought it was at least fun on a scene-by-scene basis, which... That's why, for me at least, it gets a two and a half, because that's the bare minimum of a movie. Like, you just have to keep me going from one scene to another. And even if that's all that Marvel can ever really muster from me, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, at its peak, uh, if you can do that with this many characters, then you're at least doing something, something right. commendable. Yeah. So even if it's not for me, I still kind of... I'm glad that I am here in this lifetime to witness this kind of event cinema because there is nothing like this and there probably will never be anything like this again and I'm happy about that. And um but I'm also glad I'm here to see it. Well, yeah. and also we didn't mention this, but it was the number 1 domestic and yeah. global box office of all time. I finally have seen the number 1. What was the number 1 before it? The last, or was it The Force Awakens? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I guess I've seen that too. Yeah. But uh, but the idea that, and I know this, this time is I felt of, like I was going to see yeah. the biggest, like, it's not like, Oh no, the, the, the theater was like in on it and like all about it. Right. Like the force awakens, obviously that was a weird it was going to be a big movie, but yeah. I still thought like, Oh, maybe it won't break the record, whatever. Yeah. Whereas when we sat down for the Avengers, I was taken by everybody in that theater and yeah. what they wanted to see on the screen. Right. And I got into that spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, too, uh, and I know I sent this to you guys yesterday, but the idea that Infinity War passed Justice League in four days just tickles me. Yeah. I feel like those those are the kind of things that, and Toussaint had one of the best comments I have seen in a while, where he's like, Thanos should just go in and put DC out of its misery. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, just hop that, was, that was perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <sighs> the other thing I'll say really quickly before I pass it off, since we're talking about box office and such, hmm? that stupid bullshit 
picture yeah. of the passing of the baton of the lightsaber. Why don't you just have a picture of Mickey Mouse jacking himself off? Yeah. And here's the thing. <laughs> Good job, me! Oh! Wow! That's an all-timer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I am going to... Whoa. I have a lot to think about tonight. Yeah, I guess. And masturbate, too. Yeah. Um, it's a stupid picture. No, no, no. I'm I'm talking everything you just did. Like, I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna be in there. That's great. In Thanks. The eye. Thanks, man. Um but the here's the thing. What it, it's fifty fifty because technically that actually does have precedent. There have been a, actually a long history of ads taken out in like variety and such where that was happening, like when um Steven Spielberg, I think, did it from Jaws to Star Wars mm-hmm. or and then when um Star Wars did it to Titanic, to James Cameron, whatever. So it's not like it's like the first of its kind. But it's sort of sobering but to yeah. see that that we're now in an age the, where the, that means nothing. Yeah, where, <laughs> where a company the monopolization is, of entertainment has progressed. Oh, congratulations! To, yeah. Oh, congratulations! To, and to that you it too. has to be a tweet too. Like you know, yeah. like this used to be a thing that like it sounds maybe stupid, but like when you take a full ad, I'm not talking about cost, right. but there's something that's commemorative about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when you now just like, oh, hey, intern, put together a lightsaber being passed to Iron Man. Uh, <laughs> that is just fucking, fucking stupid. Yeah. I, I, know, I know what you're saying. It's like the monopolization of entertainment has advanced to such a point now where it just becomes this this self-congratulatory like bullshit yeah. that I... I it, it, could have lived it, without that it, it is reliant on the idea that we have pushed the idea that all these properties now exist under one umbrella and it's just going to get it's just going to get worse. At the very least, could it have been on. like Yoda holding the lightsaber where his dick should be and then like Peter Quill like trying to grab it from him, like, no, nah, give me that, you son of a bitch. Like No, it would be Rocket <laughs> Raccoon. Rob Raccoon would be stealing the lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. Stay anyway, in character, bro. Your turn. Alright, I'm gonna give this a two and a half out of five. I am I will not argue the fact that this is this is an effective film if you've been looking forward to this and sort of building up to it. It's like I just expected more, and maybe that's my my fault because I sort of like bought maybe into – Maybe it will come in part two. I, that's, that's, the, that's the fucking thing. That, that's the fucking thing. It just feels like delayed like mm. gratification or satisfaction in that. It's like, oh, you got to wait. A whole another year for you know the thing what? that you wanted to happen to happen, and I know it's not going to actually fucking happen. Well, and I just no. and I and I just don't fucking care. It's just like it, this 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 film is 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 very much in the mold of the Marvel formula, and to, to their credit, the formula has proven to work in 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 their interests. Okay, they've just managed to have like the biggest box office of ever, ever and mm-hmm. I can't fault them for that. It's just I I expected something different. I expected with all this with with as many great artists as they have in their in their uh their carousel of 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 movie making. With all the resources that they have, they can afford to take a couple of risks. There is nothing. I don't care about any person who's going to fucking cape for this film on Twitter or whatever, jumping down somebody's throat or down like the whole New York Times like review if they didn't like it or some shit. There is no. There's nothing. There's literally no opinion that can stop this train. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is probably the most culturally entrenched, like multimedia like franchise aside from Star Wars maybe no 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 
can, in our present moment. Was, Nothing can stop it. No opinion can, can, say, can deride This that. is all very interesting because the day that we're recording this podcast is actually the 10th anniversary of the original Iron Man being released. Hmm. And it's very oh, interesting. It's going to get pubes soon. Um, it's very interesting that you had not that they didn't think that they wanted to create this universe. Well, how could I have known? But to, to this extent, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but the idea that they had a recovering drug addict playing their main character in the first film—it's very apt. Um, makes, it is makes sense for that character. But to go from that to a decade later, uh. Overcoming Star Wars in something, yeah. Um, that's um, I don't. I don't even. That's the thing. I don't think even Robert Downey Jr. thought that he would be reprising that character ten years down. Luckily the line. for him, he didn't because he didn't get stuck into a forty-five movie contract. Oh, and he's yeah. getting fucking now. Paid. Now oh. he can just extend it for. And now movie. he hates independent movies, and he will only yeah. do. That's got to be also. That's got to be awkward on set, by the way, because there is no way that Chris Evans is making anywhere in the neighborhood of what Robert Downey Jr. is making. No, yeah. and that's it's just such an. It's not fine. Mm. It's a very awkward situation. Yeah, I'm sure in Civil War, it, the disparity <laughs> is insane, which is kind of crazy because it technically he got paid sixty five million to be in somebody else's movie. Yeah. I'm sure he gets paid every time they mention him in another movie. Like when uh, one of the movies where I think it's what's Happy or what's his name? Happy Hogan. Yeah, Happy, Happy Hogan. says that he's like at a birthday party. Mm-hmm. I feel like he probably got like a grand for that. <laughs> like I'm slightly joking, but I'm not. Wasn't even present. No, just, <laughs> oh, we said Iron Man? Oh, okay, yeah. hold on. We'll send you a check. Yeah. Uh, so. Did you have anything else to say? No, that's pretty that's pretty yeah. much my my closing argument on this. I uh, overruled. Go 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 watch it. You'll you'll enjoy. It. Nothing's ever gonna take away from your enjoyment of this film. I, just for me, it didn't give me what I wanted, which mm. was which was death with consequences and stakes. Mm. Can I ask a random? You got three of them. Yeah, three of them. Oh yeah, I got Loki, who was just this ancillary character, and then I got Heimdall. Oh wow, Heimdall. In the span of a minute. In the span which, of a oh, wow. Like I think they thought would be make it more dramatic, but uh, they, instead, they killed. They killed like three, like... four of the Asgardians. Oh man, how I love those Asgardians! And they killed Gamora. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, after you're done, I want to ask Vision. a random question. Not random, but Vision doesn't count because he was part of the. Yeah, Vision doesn't count. Yeah. He's you want to ask what? I want to ask a question, but I think I should ask it after your rating, or do you want me to ask it before? It's about the movie, but... Um, you can ask it before. Okay. My question, really quickly, for all of us, is... Do you think a movie like Avengers Infinity War will matter in 30 or so years? And I'm not saying like the quality of the movie, so to speak, but removed from the calendar schedule of going to see these movies two to three times a year and leading up. Like, do you think a movie like this will ever come up to a point where a generation who did not get to see these in the theaters will think of this movie... As a cultural benchmark? As something that will be worth, like, 
Or do you think they'll watch it and go, why were people seeing these? Ever? Um, and I'm generally asking, not in a way where I'm think, fishing for an answer. I think there are two films that have that in the MCU, and this is not one of them. Okay. What are uh, the two, then? Uh, the two that are that are the original Iron, Iron Man, Man yep. and, and the first Avengers. Really? I guess, yeah. Oh, I thought maybe it would be uh, Guardians might be one of those that are people like... Um, I mean, I mean uh, in terms of like looking in a vacuum... Here's I think the thing about Guardians, I'll say, is that I see more people rewatching that one. So that's why I almost feel like that might accidentally become a benchmark. Like not be. because of the importance it will have to the It MCU. was definitely important to the tone change. It was. Yeah. But I feel like even that will feel minuscule removed from it thirty years ago. I just I now. just I would say Guardians simply for the fact that none of those characters had any real meaningful cultural footprint prior to that film it was even a joke within the actual film itself when he introduces himself as star lord and the villain is like who like they're just they're they're really just like hanging it out there that they they have these characters that they can do whatever the fuck they want with nobody's going nobody besides like the most ardent like comic book nerd and even like the farthest comic book nerd who knows right. about Guardians is going to care about it. That's why I think that's a benchmark. I say that simply so, because... I was just going to say oh, really quickly, yeah, the original Avengers, I'll always think this, because that film proved that you could create and successfully execute uh, a... Cinematic crossover. <sighs> not even, not even crossover, I more can... just like a... We already had Who Framed Roger Rabbit superhero ensemble film that worked well because we've seen before where you've had multiple characters in the same film and it's been a fucking disaster um like spider-man 3 is one of the worst comic book movies i've ever seen um batman and robin same problem not 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 great people doing either of those but um Eh, there's great people with Spider-Man 3. Did Sam Raimi direct that one? Oh, fuck. So it was just one of those where, like, unfortunately, he was burnt out, I think, after 2. Yeah. Um, But it just all worked together, and it was, like, a large cinematic event when it came out. Which, it was kind of... Eh, no, not really. So, yeah, I mean, that was... Because The Dark Knight Rises came out, like, four weeks later, so it was... But at the same time, um, those are the two I would pick, and Guardians is probably in there, but... Like, almost like the just underneath the tier, so to speak. Yeah. I, I think the, the issue with this is that it really works well for the people who have been watching these films for the last decade. Yeah. Because not just the three of us, but a lot of people have seen almost all of these in the theater. Yeah. So it makes sense. Whereas someone down the road, when we're 50 films into the MCU, uh, pulls up the box set and just says, oh, Infinity War. Oh, I heard the Infinity Stones was a really big part of the MCU. And then they go back and watch the previous film to try to find the clues about it. And they're like, boy, this was really sparse. And I say that only because I genuinely, A, I have no idea. I mean, we all of us have no idea, like, as far as what it will truly feel like to watch it again later on. But here's what I'll say. Like, as someone who doesn't like comic book movies, if I sit down and watch Tim Burton's first Batman, I wasn't alive when that movie came out. But I can watch that and still feel like, wow, this must have been like a A thunderstorm Mm -hmm. when this came out. Because up until that point, 
we didn't realize that a superhero movie could look like this and act like this and get away with being this serious. And I don't mean that like it was campy, but with with still. And then further down the line, the X-Men movie, which I still feel like nobody gives credit to the original X-Men film, uh, but that first one. I, I look at that, and I know I'm a little partial to that one because I actually saw that when it came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. But even when rewatching, I'm like, holy shit, the seeds were there from that point on. But yet, I look at this movie, and I'm just trying to figure out what this does in such a grandiose way that everybody seems to be talking about that I'm just not connecting with because I'm just thinking, like, I don't think this will be the tentpole Marvel movie. No, I, I don't think you're really off base. Okay. There's nothing as... Because num- I think you're more in line with the true, whereas like something like the Avengers, I could see that becoming more of a, uh, I don't know, more of a echelon of you know. There's there's nothing like in um, the the finale in X Men where Wolverine is fighting Sabretooth on the top of the 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 Statue of Liberty, the Statue of Liberty yeah. and he's like like sort of pivoting his his claws around yeah. the actual like edge of that and it falls off and he. Like ends ends up landing back on that. There's nothing like that in this film, and I don't think there's have ever been anything like that in recent memory for we me. We wouldn't have, and I'm just really quickly, but we wouldn't have Christopher Nolan's movies with Batman movies without the first X Men because I remember knowing that things like the Batman movies existed, but when I first saw the first X Men movie, I was like, "Holy shit, these superheroes can be." human beings too and say crude swear words not for camp factor but for expressing anguish and whatnot um and have an interplay all to themselves that feel in universe and not just uh on the page and so i you know um i i guess i just wanted to curious if i was the only one who didn't quite get that from infinity war as a as as an as a movie not as an event obviously in the moment this feels big i think and it's tough because the MCU is not uh, like a lot of the other superhero collections. Uh, but if you want to compare, this is very interesting. If you want to compare the trilogy of films, and I mean, I know this is a little bit different, but Avengers, Age of Ultron, and Infinity War. Uh, if you want to compare that to other superhero trilogies, almost always the trilogy goes, everybody loves the first really loves the second hates the third yeah and it's really weird that with marvel most people loved the first thought the second was okay but not great okay at best where i think x2 is one of the best x-men films um the second spider-man is for the most part like overwhelmingly thought of as one of the best superhero films of all time Mm -hmm. if you know not just one of the best spider-man films the Dark Knight is clearly the best of the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's, it's it's interesting that Marvel's... And the difference is that none of those trilogies were in debt to any other movies. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, I think but that's, that... That's, that, that's another problem with Age of Ultron, though, because it had this villain that was created and destroyed within the same movie, and it's supposed to be this big super boss and it's like eh, no one gives a fuck about this. I mean he's got no strength so I mean what are you supposed to do? <laughs> I actually rewatched the trailer for the original Avengers and Age of Ultron recently just to compare and just kind of like put myself back in that yeah. frame of mind those trailers fucking suck they're really bad 
I mean, I definitely, I don't remember the Avengers trailer, but certainly Ultron's trailer sucked, because I remember us three talking about it when that came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The first Infinity War trailer wasn't bad. If you can't cut a trailer these days, you are you are not good. Yeah. Because there have been a lot of films that have Well, Marvel sucked. movies are made for trailers. They are. I mean, I'm just saying they have punctuated moments yeah. to throw up on the screen. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, to close out this episode, I, for the most part, loved Infinity War. Big shocker. Um, I thought it was a very well put together film that... that kept its characters separate which was uh, a really fantastic decision which there's really no other way this film could have happened if they were all just thrown together it would have been a disaster um i liked some of the surprises that happened throughout red skull um i thought the opening scene and the killing of loki and heimdall i actually kind of enjoyed that because i felt like it was a good moment to A, get the first Infinity Stone uh, that we see, that the whole thing with the Guardians one that he's like gotten previously, what the, what? Um, I thought that was actually really dumb because he collects all the other ones. Why not just go all the way? Uh, so... He's got to take his time. Not really, though. He gets he gets uh, the first two over the first like two hours of the film and the last three in the last 15 minutes. So, okay. Um... So I really, really liked that opening scene because of that and also because I thought it created the best character in the film, which was Thor and the way his character progressed through it. Most of his pathos comes from that first scene and the events of Thor Ragnarok and the events of Thor The Dark World. Um, so I appreciated that and I appreciated most of their scenes throughout uh thanos just was okay but a lot of his storyline was pretty dumb uh i did like his villain uh when he was in fight scenes uh i thought his major fight scene with iron man and peter quill and spider-man uh when he throws the entire planet at them i mean that was just awesome. I was way more on board with that fight scene than I was for the big battle on Wakanda, which yeah. I felt was way too Lord of the Ringsy without yeah. any of the visual style of Peter Jackson, who I don't think is perfect, but yeah. who kind of knows how to film that kind of scope. Um, I think, again, and it, it's a moment that baits the trailer, but the moment of uh, Thanos putting the Infinity Gauntlet right in Captain America's face and him like holding it back is such a great image that unfortunately is just completely toned down by the fact that it's in every trailer. Uh, so yeah, I, I like so much of this film, the comedy, the action, uh, the drama actually, which could have been definitely better, but I, I like the idea of Tony Stark finally getting back with Pepper Potts in Spider-Man. And now he's got to disappoint her again. Uh, keeps on disappointing her. I mean, that's just a recurring storyline. Oh, man, that's just their life together. Yeah. No, that's pretty much it. Uh, and everything with him, Doctor Strange, uh, the Guardians, I, I like so much of it. Uh, and that's why I really would have loved this film if I didn't think the ending was stupid. So... It's a shame because I've seen this before in a DC film and I know exactly where it's going. It's going to be undone and all those characters will be back. 
And you know what? That's fine. I wouldn't want to kill off my superheroes that make me money either. Um, but don't. If you don't want to, don't. So or don't have that be your last image in, in an effort to simply gain unearned emotion. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do that halfway through your film and then show characters dealing with it in order to try to reverse it and the emotional turmoil they might go through or whatever, then fine. But that can't be your cliffhanger because you can't have a cliffhanger if we can see the platform directly above the person hanging from the cliff. Yep. Agreed. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not on board with, with the finale, but I, I really enjoy this and think it's a worthy addition to the MCU that... Frankly, I just like most of the films in it. I think like sixteen out of the nineteen, I I give positive ratings to. So uh, I'm a fan of this, and I give it four out of five because I think uh, it's a worthy addition. Uh, although I think they could have done this better, especially with Thanos' storyline, which is something we've been talking about since the beginning of this podcast, like episode one. Uh, about how the Thanos storyline has, for the most part, been fumbled. Uh, I mean, we can go back to the terrible post credit scene of Age of Ultron. Well, I'll just do it myself. I think instead um, of releasing this recording, in lieu of that, you should just make a super cut of every time we've ever talked about Thanos on an episode that, wasn't, long, that wasn't this movie. It's going to be a long and podcast. You'll be in, it, it'll be from episodes that have nothing to do with the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe. <laughs> so... Any thoughts out there on this film? I'm sure there's plenty of people who have thoughts on Infinity War. Always feel free to send them on to us at filmtankshow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Film Tank Show. So this summer, we're going to be doing lots of new movies uh, and probably some older movies that uh, are in pop culture or relevant to current new movies. Mm -hmm. But uh, for our next episode, we're going to go back and do, uh, I don't know if I would call it a classic film, but it is definitely by a classic director. Mm. Uh, and that is Heo Miyazaki's Howl's Moving Castle. That's right, listener. I'm just as surprised as you are. <laughs> well, I guess I'll give Are you some context. Bet you're wondering how I got into this. Yeah. Uh, Toussaint was not the one who suggested this. I actually was. This is like the time when you said you wanted, not wanted, but you suggested us to do The Man Who Fell to Earth. Mm -hmm. When me and Toussaint were geeking out because I secured a out-of-print copy of the Criterion. Yeah. And then yeah. randomly you're like, hey, let's do that. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I try really no, I hard. Mean, no, I just I never know when you're going to do it. And right. I try really hard. Don't get too overexcited. Just like let it, just let yeah. it be. Just let it marinate. Just yeah. let it be. Yeah. I, I just, you know. We spend a lot of time, and we talk about films that everybody likes, but mm. we spend a lot of time on superhero films. So now that we just went from the superhero yeah. film, uh, you know, I thought I'd throw Tucson a bone. Yeah, and thank you. There you go. I appreciate that. Chew on that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, that is the film we'll be talking up coming up on episode 152. Mm. So thank you very much to... You're welcome. ...the audience. Oh. Well, I had to listen. And yeah. to Nick. <laughs> From myself, Tucson Egan, Nick Cheney, thank you very much for listening to us here at Film Tank. We'll be catching up with you next time. And thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.